Today on the show, we bring up a topic that I think we were purposefully avoiding. Yes, we chat about COVID-19 and some of the craziness surrounding it. Then I have a one-on-one interview with one of the most celebrated running backs in college football history. Badger great and former Denver Bronco Monty Ball shares stories of football, jail, alcoholism, and his life dedicated to redemption. And then it's the news with Sarah as we talk pink sauce. Shocking Pink, Ariana Grande, and me being cheesy talking about vegan cheese. Yeah, but first let me tell you about Next Wave. Next Wave Services is a website design company that provides high-quality website design and maintenance work for businesses at a flat rate. Next Wave was born from the idea that everybody needs access to seamless, reliable, and professional website design and maintenance service on a consistent basis. Next Wave believes that their excellent track record of repeat business is proof of their commitment to delivering first-class service all of the time. Now, you get a free website consultation when you check them out online at nextwaveservices.com, founded way back in 1998, the year that I said I do to my wife. Yep, it's a long time ago. That's how long Next Wave Services has been around. Check them out, Next Wave Services. It's time now for the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, your daily dive into sports, pop culture, beer, and food with a plant-based spin. I'm Dee, and along with news anchor Sarah Carlson, producer Eric Rogers, and the rest, here is a man who has never put ketchup on a hot dog, Rich Reynolds. Well, hello, hello, and welcome on in. What is up with you? It is the Real Men Eat Plants podcast. My name is Rich Reynolds, along with the talented and lovely Sarah Carlson, and also the always well-appointed Eric Rogers. You can find us all over social media. Eric is at Eric Rogers brand. Sarah is at News Sarah. I am at RMEP Rich. Remember to go to realmeneatplants.com. Go to the podcast page and subscribe. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're on realmeneatplants.com, hit that support button to support us and Paul's party. And then you could also take the 30-day challenge at as well as some people have already started to do. I do have good news to report, and I was talking to you guys about it a little bit off the air, up over 5,000% on the number of hits that we have had on the website in just the last month alone, ever since we started this podcast. So we are hopefully starting to make a difference and more people are starting to see that you can go plant-based even even for some meals or a little while or maybe full-time, whatever you want to do, and still enjoy your regular life. So uh, a little hey, pat we, we spoke on the this back. thing into existence. And, we did, know, we're right? Seeing, we're seeing the success we were hoping to have, and um, and we're glad that you guys are enjoying it. So thanks By the for way, continuing that- to support. Where did that ever come from? I I got cousins who say that all the time. Like, Rich, you just spoke that into existence. I'm like, I I don't know what that means. It's manifesting. I don't know. It's it's just another way to say that, you know? I guess, yeah. I I know what it means. It's like a positive affirmation. I'm like, how the hell did it start, you know? I I was just talking out loud, you know? I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, things, Things do get started. I do like to think that, okay, things being... All right. Have you ever heard anyone use, like, the term, like, sauce, like... Weak sauce. Yeah. 
You hear what right. the Gen Z says? Like, it's no cap. <laughs> no cap. Yep, I've heard <laughs> For no real. cap. Yep. <laughs> Weak <Shit's Weeks> <laughs> sauce, I do think, started on a radio station that I worked for back in the 90s. And I'd never heard anybody. And then we were in our 20s, so we could be trendsetters. Behind the cheddar curtain. Yeah, and I think that Weak Sauce came from that. I also think I'm the one who single-handedly reignited D's nuts uh, about, what was it, like 10 what years you, ago. What year old boy? Well, no, because, <laughs> all right, when I was in junior high, D's nuts was a big thing, and then nobody said it for like, you know, 20, 30 years. And then my kid, when Joey was like eight years old, I did it on him, and he didn't know what the hell D's nuts was, and I explained it to him. Then he started it in his school. Then it started popping up like everywhere, like right after it again. <laughs> and then there was a guy like during the like election that was doing D's nuts and all of that. Oh, like, yeah. D's, remember that guy about that D's like nuts of the votes. I'm, I am claiming, yes, I am claiming the re not, not, I didn't originally come up with these. Have you nuts, heard of up dog? Have you heard about but, that? Yeah. Right. What's, what's up dog? <laughs> not much. How about you? Yeah. I, I love that. Um, so good, good office joke right there credit. and a good segue. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm taking Someone's credit to not for you know coming up with these nuts i did not invent it but for reigniting it um i am going to take credit for for these nuts so um there you go that's why high school yeah right yeah that and the and and the circle game that was always a big one uh when we oh were oh my school. god yeah kids do do that they I, do that and then you do that yeah yeah so you got to put that like below your waist though it can't be above the waist there are like rules to the circle game and then the circle if you look at it directly then you get to hit that person but if they don't look at yep. it directly and it's out of the side of their <laughs> eye and they stick a finger through the circle then they get to hit you twice i don't think girls oh, play these kind of part. games do they Girls don't, yeah. but I know exactly Girls what don't. you're talking about. I usually about. respond to that one with, oh, hold on. I got some friend. I was like, reach in my pocket, pull up the middle finger, you know, that whole yeah, thing. There you go, so. right. <laughs> <laughs> Always fun as well. I will randomly flip off my children. They they might be, you know, like <laughs> sitting dad. on their bed. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they're, they're sitting on their bed. They're looking at their phones and I'm just flipping them the bird, you know. And, uh, you know, sometimes my. Like, I would never. I'm such a good oh, girl. Oh, God, no. I gently, when I'm angry, like, you know. There you go. Face the side uh, of your mouth with it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pretend like I so, have food on the side of my mouth in the crack. Dads, dads do that kind of stuff. I think even more than moms, but it's it's good for moms to get involved in that, letting their kids know. Sometimes that, yeah. you have to express your anger and frustration with them, but make it look like you're joking. So that's probably yes. where that originated. I will often flip off my kids behind their back as well. So, just, <laughs> oh god, you know what, Rich? Coming oh, from fuck you, you just go yeah. your chores. <laughs> I gotta stop you here, just so you know. Sing- single mom, most of my motherhood, I had plenty of. I mean, yeah, plenty yeah. of middle fingers, but no, that no one saw. They do their little tantrum thing, their little mood thing, go storming off into their room, and it's like, yeah, right here, buddy. Yep. <laughs> no problem. No guilt. Yep. Don't feel bad about that at, at all. Well, um, we were talking a little bit yesterday on the news, and we were talking about like the COVID um, thing. And of course, I, I know everybody's got lots of opinions on that, and I hope nobody misunderstood me about the whole Novak Djokovic thing again. For the record, I am not anti-vax. I think you should be vaxxed and boosted. I went through COVID. I, I know a lot of people who have. It could be pretty nasty, and getting vaxxed and COVID is a good way to make it less nasty. So I am not anti-vax. I'm not saying that. I also, though, am kind of saying there is a lot of mis 
information out there. And we live in an age and time where misinformation becomes a thing. And so one thing that we've been trying to express here on the program is real information. So if I'm talking to you and, and Juliana Hever brought it up a lot yesterday, she was bringing up all the things that happen to your body when you eat meat. So she was bringing up things like, um, you know, the inflammation, the endothelial lining damage, uh, uh, TMAO, heme iron stuff that comes with, with animal products. Well, that stuff's not misinformation. You could actually find peer-reviewed double-blind studies on that. There's scientific-based evidence that shows up with that. But there are people that will go ahead and throw misinformation out there. Now, in my feed, because I get like a lot of vegan stuff and follow a lot of vegan sites, I've been getting this stuff lately where all of a sudden a story will pop up and it'll say, um, vegan meat sales plummet beyond in big trouble or impossible meat on the verge of bankruptcy. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, you <laughs> know, very I haven't clearly fake news. Yeah. Yeah. Mark I haven't read this it. anywhere. Yeah. I mean, have you, has anybody seen this? I like, haven't from a, seen that. No, no. Like, 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 like a trusted source. And I'm like, what the no. hell is this? Well, the source that it's coming from is this company called center for consumer freedom. Now, the Center for Consumer Freedom... Sounds like a front for the NRA or something. I don't know. It, well, <laughs> they are definitely a front. Um, so they used to be called the Guest Choice Network, and they're run by Sounds a PR firm. Just as vague. Yeah. Oh, it's it's super vague. The, the, the PR firm is called Berman & Company, and what they basically do... They like do PR stories for the benefit of alcohol, tobacco, the restaurant industry, stuff like that, and work against things like Mothers Against Drunk Driving. They will have stories about the nanny culture or the go, uh, you know, growing fraternity of food cops, healthcare reformers, uh, anti meat activists, stuff like this. This is what the Center for Consumer Freedom wait, does. Wait, wait, wait. So they, so they basically are like. They have some, a problem with mothers against drunk driving. Yes. Okay. Huh? So, and here's why. Now, it's, <laughs> what's the argument? Sleep at All right. night. Now, it's not them personally. I I don't know. Okay. So here's here's what they originally were back in the fifties. If you if you know, okay, there used to be commercials on and where they would have doctors smoking cigarettes, mm -hmm. and the doctors would talk about certain cigarettes that were better for you than other cigarettes, and they which actually act is probably true. Don't you well, think? I mean, they're all shitty. They're all terrible for right, you. Right, right. Hold on. I mean, uh, they're, yeah, they're all awful. And so, but they would talk about activating your T zone, and activation of the T zone would cause good things to happen in your lungs. Okay. So, oh, this firm gosh. originally had them on. So, like early in the 60s, the all of a sudden there was the Surgeon General warning that had to go on the label of cigarettes. And I think mm. we've all seen it where it says, like, you know, uh, you know, smoking this product is bad for your health or can cause lung cancer, um, heart disease and all of that Defects. kind of crap. <laughs> yeah. So so now this company, this PR firm was hired by the tobacco industry. So the same people that lobby politicians hired this PR firm not to say that smoking was good for you because they weren't allowed to say that that's illegal, but to say that it's not as bad as you might think. And so all they would do is put a little bit of doubt in people's minds. And that little doubt is like, yeah, well, I understand the whole argument about how you can get lung cancer, but that's only in laboratory rats. 
you know, you you would hear like like mm. this kind of argument, you know. So saccharin, saccharin. You guys remember saccharin, and I think it's still yes. out there. Maybe sweet and low is saccharin. Okay, mm-hmm. and saccharin has been determined to be a, a cancer causing thing. But then all of a sudden, there were stories out that said, "Well, yeah, only if you drink like twenty tabs a day, or you know, diet Pepsi's or Pepsi free, whatever the hell they they call it. If you drink twenty a day, then over the course of twenty years, you'll get cancer." Well, those stories were put out by this Berman and company, um, you know, uh, 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 PR firm. And then this is how it gets like pervasive in the culture. And people will cite these stories as fact, as news, as like, you know, well, I read that this is happening where meanwhile, they will never look at who actually wrote the story or where the story's coming from or how it is cited. So they'll put out studies and Dr. Greger on nutritionfacts.org will will post this stuff all the time about how red meat isn't that bad for you. All right. And then they'll, they'll prove it by looking at like red meat has, you know, um, a steak. All right. Like filet mignon has less saturated fat for you than some items like, Oh, a big so Mac they will or a Whopper. One small right. like fact that yeah. maybe is true, but it, it's in the context of it is actually like poor for your health. But right. So so what 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 they're comparing it to is like the That's benefits. Smart, though, I will say. Yeah, the benefits of eating a filet mignon are better than eating a Big Mac. Okay, so that's and, hey, and that's what it'll five actually, bottles of wine a night. Right. You know, is, yeah, I, I is better than bottles. doing. Yeah. Five <laughs> bottles of wine is probably better than doing crystal meth, um, you know, and so they, they could have that in the story. <laughs> and then they would say wine's not as bad for you as originally thought. Um, and so what right. what's funny, this is what they do. And they put this information out there and people read it and they buy it. And then they they consider it to be fact. And it's like they want I, it to be fact. I, I like, that's agree where with it that. starts. Yes. Right. I They're think looking that is for exactly an excuse. Right. right? So, yes. It it, and, and, and that's called confirmation bias. So and I think everybody has it. So as much as I like reading stories that are like, oh, hey, eating more fruits and vegetables is great for you. I do go out of my way. And this is probably why I'm seeing these stories from the stupid Center for Consumer Freedom to get the other side of things. Like I'm, I'm looking for things to disprove that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking what, what actually has happened to us as a society is we get educated, but we don't know how to think. So back in my high school, and this was this was kind of cool. I went to to a Catholic high school, and in that Catholic high school, no matter what the subject was, so say you know, does everybody know like the the five steps to like the scientific process? Or I don't remember you know, what they are, but I remember learning about you, it. You remember <laughs> looking sure. at it, right? Yeah. yeah. So and so you you would have like a, a purpose for doing something. <laughs> yeah, You'd come up yeah. with a hypothesis to it. You would experiment, and then you would extrapolate the data, and then come to a conclusion. All right. So that's that's like the the, the scientific process. Well, those five things were on a poster in every one of our classrooms when I was in high school. So even though I went to a Catholic school and we had to take a religion class, the scientific method was posted there because the teachers were always challenging you to think about it. Now, they would also that actually is very thoughtful and responsible of them. Oh, it's awesome. So, so what we would do is, so say like, and some, some of our teachers were monks. So like, so a monk, a Benedictine monk would be teaching a religion class. And then 
ask like, so what do you think about that? And if nobody would raise their hands, I mean, they'd point at somebody and you'd give an opinion and then they would ask, so what do you think about that person's opinion? They'd point at somebody else and you'd get a conversation going that way because everybody has a little bit of a different opinion. There's a little bit of a different slant because of how you're raised and and your age, your gender, all, all kinds of things factor into that. Now, all of a sudden you're talking it through and you can come up with an idea and you're putting it through this scientific process that I don't think people do. I think people way too much take things on face value and say, oh, yep, that's it. All right. Um, Just like COVID. Now, we were talking about COVID yesterday and it's like, well, Dr. Fauci said this, obviously true. And if you question it, which I think it's okay to do, it's okay to say, well, wait a second. There's another doctor who's saying this, which one is right? I'd like to deep dive into this and no more. But if you put that out on Facebook, what's the response that you get from people? You want people to die. You're spreading false information. It's like, no, 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 no. You're an anti-vaxxer. Right. You're anti-vaxxer, you know, and it's like, no, no, no. I'm questioning this because I don't take anything on face value because doing so is dangerous. That's case in point, the Center for Consumer Freedom to tell you that, hey, red meat isn't as bad as we thought, or the the whole thing about eggs. Eggs aren't as bad as we thought for you. Eggs are, in theory and, and in practice and literally, they are cholesterol bombs. So in an egg, it has everything that's meant to feed and grow a chick as fast as possible to bust out of that egg. It is nutrient dense in cholesterol. Cholesterol works really good for that, for growing that chick inside the egg. When you eat it, you are eating a cholesterol bomb. You do have to understand that going in. The egg board does not deny this, but they will tell you that a fried egg might be better for you than eating a Big Mac. Again, these are how these stories happen. And who comes up with this stuff? It's the Center for Consumer Freedom. Um, And so my thought on this whole thing, and even when people consume our podcast or go to our website, is that they don't take anything on face. Exactly. (laughs) Don't take anything on face value. Challenge it. Put it into your own standards. And then what I'm asking you to do is really seriously look for the truth. And the truth you're going to find more often than not in actual peer-reviewed, double-blind scientific studies where you're not going to find it is in people's opinion. I will say at least CNN and Fox News and media companies like that have gotten a lot better about, they, they all do like clickbait headlines. Have, have that you ever seen this? Off, by the way, oh, which, which really sucks, and a lot of people I mean, won't won't read the stories. Yep. But now, if you click on the stories, usually the byline right underneath or right under the headline before the byline, it'll say opinion if it is an opinion piece. And then I don't think most people see that it's in small print. It'll say opinion or they'll add it at the end of the story. And there'll be a little thing, a little blurb about the Mm, author of the story. And it'll say that they're a columnist and columnist, by the way, means opinion. They're given an opinion. This is not a reporter. The reporter is supposed to give facts. The columnist is supposed to give their opinion on the facts that they've read. Yeah, and the journalism right now is, is I have steam blowing out of my ears because of right? too many people, too many people read, I saw it on the news or I read it in the news. Where 
And right. who was the who was the person that clarified a fact? There is a fact. It's either right. true or not. So so watching, so say like say like you're watching Fox News. So Brett Baer will give the news. All right. And then Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson is giving an opinion. Okay. CNN has news anchors and then they have people who give opinions. Rachel Maddow doesn't give you the news on MSNBC. She gives you an opinion. And I don't Mm -hmm. think people understand the difference between what they're getting. I think a lot of people understand it, but what happens is uh, those sorts of cable stations you're talking about become mm. especially incredibly political. And so they mesh the opinion columnist type with the actual reporter. And so the brain begins to go, oh, okay, well. And you know I, what? Some, some I don't companies like that crap. will ask a reporter to then like do a radio. Like uh, Rich and I have talked about this back in our radio days. There was a a, a local reporter who was also asked to do a radio show and give mm-hmm. opinions. And then, you know, you give an opinion. You can't always agree with what, and we were, you were talking about sports. You can't always agree with what this team is doing when you're on air because it's not interesting. But then you also are asking that person to then go to a, a practice and face that coach who we just talked shit about and and then get like expect to get more information. Like it just doesn't I'll, work. I'll, I'll tell you who it is. It was Tom Oates. And so so Tom Oates was put in a really okay. bad a really bad situation. Okay. He was a reporter for for the Wisconsin State Journal and he was asked to be a columnist and a reporter. And what I think it did, it made him a bad columnist and a bad reporter because you can't do both. Which is too bad because he was great. He's actually a really good writer. He's a talented guy. He knows he was in a bad spot. In fact, the editor of the paper, the sports editor at the time, a guy by the name of Greg Sprout, I'm friends with. And his, his son is friends with my son. And even he said, he goes, it's because of cuts. I didn't know what the hell else I'm supposed to do that. He puts Tom in a situation like that. It's a no win situation for Tom. Uh, you know, it's bad. It's a no win situation for Greg, but it's what's happening in the media today that I don't think a lot of people know about what I'm asking you to do is please. When you see these kind of stories, when you see the stuff pop up, take a second to figure out what source it came from. And is this an opinion piece or is this fact? And if you think that it's fact, put it through the ringer. If you're going to go with it and argue this to somebody else down the line and said, I read this or I know that, make sure you have real facts to back that up. Because I think this is where the misinformation comes from. And we end up then in a society, in a world of misinformation, which is no good for anybody. I mean, Amen. Even, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> It Uh, it drives me nuts. So even when it comes to the COVID stuff, put it through the ringer. Go ahead, get that, get actual facts before you just go off and running. Because the other thing that really sucks about COVID and what people did that I think is awful is that it was immediately politicized. It was immediately made out to be political. And all of a sudden, everybody on the left, all of a sudden had to be vaxxers and everybody on the right was anti-vax. And it's like, whoa, whoa, uh, uh, uh. uh-uh-uh. Let's all just try to be healthy here and not kill everybody. How about that? that, Because That goes to that whole conversation about, you know, left versus right and, you know, what's, you know, the truth somewhere in the middle, but nobody right. wants to be libertarian, you know, right? And, and right. I know, Rich, that's, you actually ran uh, on a ballot for treasurer as, as libertarian. Secretary, so, I think, of, secretary state. of state. Sorry, yes. secretary of state. <laughs> 
Uh, so that's clearly right. I didn't vote for you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, no um, one did. I ended up having point, to pull out. Yeah. But that's the point is, is like that you, you were taking a stance that the left couldn't necessarily get on because it mm-hmm. wasn't a scream enough and same with the right. And so you're left with, okay, well, this is how I actually feel about it. So I'm going to get on the ballot in, in a way that I believe and identify with. And it didn't do you and, any favors, unfortunately. And every, and everything you guys are talking about COVID, the sports and journalists, we can come back around and try to help people think about food this way. You know, it isn't, you know, we're, we're on one extreme side of it for now. That's extreme vegan plant-based, but people need to open their minds and then maybe it won't be looked at as so extreme. What's your problem? (laughs) It's too extreme. Juliana Hever was talking about it and the fact that everybody thinks they need protein, 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 protein. And she hears these conversations Mm -hmm. at the gym that are totally misinformed. She's informed. I mean, she's been through it. This is what she does. She talked about how she um, is going over the data every day. She's got a master's in it. She, this is her life. And if you don't believe her, then who the hell do you believe? Like some bro, like bro science is what we call it. Who who (laughs) read an ad somewhere about how protein is good for you. Yeah. And all of a sudden now, they know everything that there is to know about about nutrition and bodybuilding and all this kind of stuff and it's like you don't you don't know what what you're getting is propaganda what you're getting are ads what you're getting are opinions what you're not getting are the facts and i really hope that that people do get the facts and i really on this on this program if you're getting any kind of nutrition stuff from me at all it's because i've put it through the ringer for the last few years and i really truly believe that what you're getting are facts with that so anyways all right Good stuff. I like that segment. I the thing is, I could talk about that for like three hours. We don't have no. that time. No, we, yeah. <laughs> what we have to do is get to our guest. He and uh, went at the time. Boy, I got to do some more research on this guy. He had the most touchdowns in NCAA history. Then kind of fizzled out in the NFL, got into some trouble, and is now on the redemption tour. We're going to talk with Monty Ball. That is coming up next. All right, if you have ever wanted to show off your plant-based lifestyle and to do it in style, here is your chance. We have some of the most amazing t-shirts, hats, accessories, coffee mugs, and more at shop.realmeneatplants.com. We have statement t-shirts that will bring a smile to everyone's face. Personally, I love the I Want Tofu Tonight tea. Plus, we have podcast teas, real women eat plants gear, real kids eat plants, and real people eat plants, just in case men, women, and kids didn't cover it all. Yeah, we love you, and we love that you want to show off that healthy lifestyle of yours. Again, check out our high-quality gear at shop.realmeneatplants.com and enjoy. Welcome to Shilor Select. The whole system will be ready in a few minutes. Take your seat and enjoy. Everyone has a story that's built on thousands of hows, whys, and whats. Join myself, Chris Sheeler, as I dive into how people live their lives, why they do what they do, and what goes through their mind while they do it. If you love learning and what makes people tick, my podcast, Sheeler Select, has you covered. New episodes every Monday. Find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or just anywhere you get a podcast.
All right, here at the Real Men E-Plants Podcast, we need your help. Yeah, and so does Paul's Party. Being a brand new podcast, just trying to get its footing, we are asking that you help support our podcast by going to our podcast page at realmenieplants.com slash podcast and click the support button. Now, when you do, not only are you helping us get our feet on the ground, you are supporting Paul's Party, a 501.C charity that raises money to help kids with physical disabilities get equipment to have some actual fun in their lives. Yeah, two great causes. One easy support button. Again, please find us at realmeneatplants.com slash podcast or on Patreon when you type Real Men Eat Plants into the search bar. Thanks for your support and also for helping Paul's party. All right, it is guest time now, and our guest today is one of the most decorated college running backs in history. Yes, a Doak Walker Award winner, a Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year, a two-time consensus All-American, a two-time All-Big Ten running back, a two-time Jim Brown Award winner, and at the time of him getting drafted, he held the record for the most NCAA D1 rushing touchdowns with 77 and career touchdowns with 83. Please welcome to the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, Monty Ball is joining us today. So happy to have you on, and uh, you know Monty and I actually met. I think it was about five years ago now on uh, on my TV show. And uh, back then, I'm not sure you were golfing yet. I gotta know because we've actually moved this interview around a couple of times. How is the golf game going for you, buddy? Yeah, yeah. It's um, obviously it, it seems to be the stereotypical route for most retirees from professional sports, right? Um, whatever your sport is, um, you know, you get into golf, of course, because it's obviously less strenuous in the body. Um, it's fun. You get to have conversations. You can even have meetings on the golf course. So for myself, it's been an opportunity, of course, to get to meet new people and to continuously challenge myself in that sporting realm. You know what I mean? Right. And in my opinion, right, and I, I feel like I'm in the majority here when I share this, right, that golf may be one of, if not the most challenging sport um, out there, right? Uh, there's a lot of room for error, as we all know, right? It's extremely difficult to, to even make contact, and then from there to aim it, and then to figure out which clubs you want to use. So all of the above, not to get too long-winded on that, it's just an opportunity for myself to continue to challenge myself in the game or with the game, right? Still have that uh, feelings of getting out there and wanting to perform, getting better, um, and then just hanging out with friends. So my golf game, below average. I'm, I'm working. Yeah, out. okay. <laughs> you know, and, you know, this extremely long-winded answer trying to avoid That's that. all right. No, you know, it, it's kind of funny. My, my son has recently taken up golf at the age of 22, and he's a college baseball player, and he's, he's all left-handed. He didn't want to ruin his swing, which I don't think it really does anymore they, they've kind of poo-pooed that idea so what is he doing he's golfing right-handed so he's taking up a game and playing with his opposite hand and I guess he's off to a good start I try to talk him out of it I'm like dude golf is really hard he's like dad hitting a 95 mile an hour fastball with movement on it is hard that ball's not moving I think I could do it so I'm like all right man so <laughs> He is he is off and going. Yep. So um, you you famously played at the University of Wisconsin. Our show is based out of Madison behind the Cheddar Curtain. I've always wondered, Monty. So a kid that's born in Kansas played high school ball in Missouri. How do you end up going to Madison, Wisconsin to play your college football? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's quite a journey. Um, yeah, yeah. Growing up, and it's at the time smaller. It's a big, bigger, bigger town now. But Winsfield, Missouri, for those who may not know, it's about forty miles straight west on seventy um, from St. Louis, uh, Missouri. And so, obviously, grew up there. Um, spent a majority of my life there. Um, and played high school football at Timberland High School there in Winsfield. And at the time, once I started to really excel at the game, um, you know the as we all know the stories uh, of, of, you know, you're running to the mailbox and you're getting um, offers, which I'm extremely grateful for um, still to this day, but getting looks from certain universities. And uh, to really get to it, I sort of narrowed it down pretty quickly, pretty quickly to wanting to play in the Big Ten um, and narrowed it down between Iowa and Wisconsin. Um, you know, I didn't want to go extremely far away from home, um, but I also did not want to stay home uh in the missouri area so for myself i took some official visits to iowa right the hawkeyes um you know really had some great visits there it's a, it's a wonderful program um smash mouth football right power, power mm-hmm. style running in between the the gaps the tackle etc um something that i was very very uh comfortable with obviously from coming from the same pro style power style however you want to say it offense in high school but once i took my official visit to wisconsin man it was a night game against Ohio State. Mm. Um, you know, you're talking 90 to 93 plus, you know, thousand people, right, in the stadium in Camp Randall. Night game, um, just a remarkable experience. Once I walked out onto the field, because obviously recruits can kind of, you know, walk through the tunnel, kind of sit on the sideline for a bit, just to sort of soak in the moments, right? Um, I remember saying to myself, this is where I, this is what I've been dreaming of, right? You know, being a, a young teenager in high school. And once I finally started to understand that, wow, I can really go to the next level with this game, I started to have dreams about playing on a big stage, playing for a, a wonderful university. And, you know, outside of what the athletic department, um, you know, was, was, was going to offer me, I also wanted a, a great education as well, too. And, and I'm not just saying that. I wanted the opportunity to, to – continuously learn at a prestigious university, right? And meet people and and uh, just really continue to push myself academically as well. And so it was a win-win for myself. But then the, the aesthetics, right? Madison is a beautiful city. You got two lakes, right? It's an, it's an isthmus. I can always <laughs> it's always hard to say isthmus, right. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but it's a very beautiful place, right? Especially during the summer when you got the boats out there, when you got uh, college students, parents, grandparents, just enjoying themselves um, responsibly there by the lake, having a good time. It's just a wonderful, wonderful spot uh, to, to grow, you know, your four years in college, just to grow, learn, and, you know, really get into the, that adult uh, lifestyle. So it was an easy decision for me. You know, you had a ton of success there, and there's been always a great tradition of running backs at the University of Wisconsin. You are definitely a part of that, if not up at the very top. I'm thinking, you know, most people might say, well, maybe Ron Dane, because Ron Dane won a Heisman. But all of the success that you had at college, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. I listed off all the awards. But if there's a memory that you are going to take with you, like your top memories from being a Badger, what what would that be? Yeah, yeah. For me, it's... uh... There's, there's so many, of course, so many. I was very fortunate and, and extremely grateful to have played, you know, and I don't want to give you the cookie-cutter responses as well, but mm-hmm. this is true, right? Playing side-by-side with some greats, Russell Wilson, J.J. Watt, Melvin Gordon, James White, uh, Chris Borland. I mean, some of these guys, right, went on and still 
dominated at the next level, right? Uh, nationally. And Some they, still are. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, you know, right? <laughs> and so for me, it's really hard to narrow it down to like one specific moment. Um, you know, my personal accolades aside, that being taking my first trip ever to New York City for the Heisman, the awards shows, all of that, right? All of that's obviously fun, right? But if I have to really narrow it down to one answer, it's the Big Ten Championship game against Michigan, Michigan State in 2011. Mm. It's, okay. Uh, you know, we, we obviously had a little bit of a bad taste in our mouth after the Hail Mary, right? You yeah. owed him, yeah. The uh, It was Kirk Cousin that threw that Hail Mary too, wasn't it? Yeah. That's right. I still have I still have nightmares about it. <laughs> uh, because we, uh, we went on the next week, right, to play Ohio State and lost in a very similar fashion, right? Very mm-hmm. late in the game, but I believe if we would have won that game in East Lansing, we would have, you know, had that momentum going into Ohio State. But uh, for me, it was the Big Ten Championship game in 2011 in December, right? It was, um, you know, December, you know, it's my birthday. Uh, it was a, I think it was my birthday. It was the day, be- day before my birthday. Um, but, you know, we wanted to get Michigan State back for the Hail Mary. Big game, right? A, a sea full of red. Right. Wisconsin fans know how to travel. I'll tell you that. Absolutely. It's really giving it to them. Right. It was a close game going back and forth. But that game really sits with me because. For one, we wanted to get Michigan State back. We wanted to get to obviously get get down to Southern Cal. Right. Get into some 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 sunny weather. But it was an opportunity for us as teammates to really know that, hey, we're going to play a dominant team here. Michigan State's a phenomenal program, dominant team who beat us early in the season. Let's put all the pieces together and make this happen. And we did. Yeah. Looking back at it. I mean, really it took miracle finishes to beat you guys in any game that season, whether it was Michigan state, Ohio state, or even Oregon in the Rose bowl. I mean, a miracle stuff um, to happen to beat you guys. That was probably in, in my estimation, the most talented team right there. Um, you guys were well coached. I mean, that was a fun team um, to watch and you guys uh, put it on a lot of teams. So you, you won a lot of trophies. You got a lot of accolades. Do you have a trophy room? Do you, do you still have something put aside, like a piece of you there that says, okay, yeah, it's it's fun to look back on all this stuff? Of course. Of course. I yeah, do. good. Course I good. Yeah, uh, and again, I say this with, with all humility um, because I, I know that, right, I would not have been able to to get the statistics that, I, that, I've, that I've accomplished, I should say, um, without obviously the help from the big guys up front. All of the above had to go right for, for me to get that stuff. But, but, yeah, I love looking back on that. I have a six-year-old son. Um, and he's, you know, really starting to understand that his father played the game of football, um, and what trophies are, et cetera. And so it's, um, it's something that I would never change, man, never change for anything. Just being able to say that I'm a Wisconsin Badger. Oh, and believe me, those, those big guys up front, they take credit for all that hardware that's in there as well as, as well they yeah, should, right? They, they had to do that dirty work. Yeah. You're getting 40 yep. years game just about it. These guys are grinding every single place. So it's, it's like I said, I wouldn't change any of the memories for, for anything. It was, it was fantastic stuff. You end up transitioning to the NFL. You go to the Denver Broncos. John Fox was the coach then. Is that right? Okay. How, how, how did that transition go for you? I, I know for a lot of guys, sometimes it's, it's really hard. Um, whether it's now the game has changed or the camaraderie has changed or now you're playing for a different reason in college. It almost seems like, you know, you're playing for the love of the university for the other guys. You get to the NFL and it's more like you're playing for money. I've heard lots of stories about it. How did the transition go for you from the University of Wisconsin playing then out in Denver? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, 
I, I always love this question because it's, you know, I get a lot of um, high school students, right, high school football players asking very similar questions to college, that transition, and then obviously college students, athletes as well, asking very similar question. It's challenging. It's extremely challenging. I'm just not, not even going to sugarcoat it. Um, because once we know the statistics, right, once you get into the, you know, D1, maybe even D2 as well, right, collegiate level play of a sport, right, you're in a very, very small number very small percentage of an athlete that is gifted with a certain ability, certain abilities able to play at that level, very small number as compared to obviously at high school. And it gets even smaller once you go on to the professional level of your sport, right? So for the game of football, right? You come from, let's just say a hundred football players in college that are really good players. And then you get to the NFL where the roster after preseason is cut down to 53 players we're talking in the entire nation right obviously i'm talking about one team but if we multiply 53 times 32 that comes out to about 18 1900 we're mm. talking less than 2,000 players people in the entire country 380 million people that are playing at this level so every single player is extremely good fast strong knowledgeable about the game right a student of the game and so it's it's when people ask me is it much faster it's a little faster but to me, I think it's faster because the players are smarter. They've seen this. If you're if you're a, def, a def, def, excuse me a defensive player, you've seen this formation a million times. You know right off the bat process of elimination. There's only going to be about three to four plays that can come out of this formation, maybe. And so they're a lot faster at reacting. You know, that's that pre-snap uh, thought process that comes into play. So for me, it was challenging because. For one, I really wasn't taking care of my body. You know, my story is very public. I wanted to share it for, for many reasons, uh, just to, you know, provide our youth this cautionary tale, right? That you have to continuously take care of your business off the field, take care of your body, put the right things in your body. So for myself, I made it more difficult for me. That being not taking care of my body off the field, although I still had somewhat of a productive rookie year, being able to make it to the Super Bowl in New York and losing against Russell Wilson. <laughs> right. Right. But, um, but it was challenging because of, of the things I just mentioned, but also this, this, it's, it's, it is a business. It is a business. You have to perform now. There is no, we'll give you two years to develop. We'll give you three years to develop, right? We, the, the football club, the football team, they want you to perform now. And so it, it is a, a hurry up type of business. Uh, but as we all know, you're still extremely fortunate to, to make it to that level. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you kind of bring it up and some of the stuff that you're putting in your body. I mean, it's been well documented then uh, substance abuse with alcohol. Um, and so, you know, it's been documented your your dad, your grandfather. I mean, it, it kind of is, you know, behavior that was modeled to you. Um, and so you, you end up following that that same path, which is often the case um, that, that, that we end up seeing um, that definitely couldn't have helped at, at any point in time um, for for what you were trying to do. I mean, pro athletes it's tough enough now try to do it um, when you have a substance abuse problem it gets way the hell tougher but that's not really why I wanted to bring in I want to talk about that what I want to talk about is the redemption story um, because what you've been able to do since then so for any good re redemption story we got to know what was rock bottom first so if someone was to say to you hey Monty how did you know this is when I needed to turn my game around. This is when I had to get my crap together. What well, what was that one moment for you where you said, you know what, it, it's it's time to go the other direction? Yeah, yeah, it's very simple for me. So it was it was a little too late for me 
um, in regards to trying to still save my NFL career. Um, although I still had the opportunity to go back, I, I just felt that I still I was not mentally prepared and and I, I wanted to really take the time to isolate myself and focus on my therapy. But to take a few steps back here, for me, my rock bottom was the three days that I sat in jail, right? Um, I had an instance where I, I got angry and I, I made a mistake with, with someone extremely close to me, right? Um, extremely under the influence I was. Um, at this moment in my life, I was drinking about six times a night, um, completely blacked out. Um, so for me, it was a moment where I woke up in jail trying to figure out what happened. And um, for me, my rock bottom was when my feet touched, right? Because when you get in, when and, I, and, I, and for some reason, I really remember that moment. Not a lot of while I was under the influence, but when my feet, right, touched that cold floor, I could still feel it to this day. And I went to my bed sort of went to sleep and sobered up, right? And woke up the next morning and really started to put the pieces together about what happened. I sat there and told myself, you know, how do I go from, you know, this 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 smiley, happy, go lucky, really just extremely optimistic kid, teenager, young adult, to this angry, just abusing alcohol type of person uh, fairly quickly, right? We're talking four years, uh, mm -hmm. three relatively quickly. And so for me, my rock bottom was sitting in, sitting in my thoughts, sitting in that cell, and then also watching the Denver Broncos win the Super Bowl against the Panthers um, while sitting in jail. Uh, they just released me. So this was February of 2016. They released wow. me in September of 2015. Um, and so that was my rock bottom. That's when I told myself, whenever I get out after these three days, I, I, this, I, can't, I can't do this. This is not who I am. People, fans of Wisconsin know who I am for the four years of talking to me, uh, doing the interviews, um, doing all the things right. Uh, I'm like, this is not the path that I want to continue down. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny. I I, I don't want to equate what, what you've been through to what I've been through. I mean, for me, a few years ago, I was addicted to fast food. I mean, bad foods for me, it led to strokes. It led to all kinds of health issues. And I finally had to say, okay. Not that it, there, there was that rock bottom moment. It wasn't going to put me in jail, but it was going to kill me, um, which is probably even worse. And I was on all kinds of medications and had to really decide, okay, am I going to be here like I promised I was going to be here for my kids or am I not? And it really was a motivating factor for me. I think I read somewhere it's been a motivating factor for you, your son, um, as well. Um, if you could talk about what, what that, you know, meant to you as far as like being able to pull yourself up, because I think for a lot of people, you got to draw your strength from somewhere and man, you know, having a child, it's a great place to draw strength from, isn't it? Yeah, very, very much so. So for me, I got out of jail in a, a quick three day over the weekend, um, ordeal and, um, that would have been in February 8th of 2016 when I stepped out. And I was then notified that, uh, how do I want to word this? I'm just going to skip straight forward to the to when my son was born. So it's February when I stepped out, February 8th. My son was born April 2nd, right? Okay. Um, that span, those two months, so I didn't really know that he existed. And I do not hold this over his mother's head whatsoever. Um, she was trying to contact me. Love her to death. I will always have love for her. Um, but uh, once I got out, about two weeks later, I was then told that, you know, hey, by the way, you're a father. Uh, 
wow. which in my eyes, right, I can look at it as something that was done to me or something that was done for me, right? And I look at it from my higher power, right, that it was something done for me because it changed my life entirely, right? At, at the most important and pivotal moment, I think, in my entire life, my entire existence thus far of, hey, now it's no longer just about you. Uh, being a parent, it's, it's really not about you really anymore. It's about how can you continuously be a role model and obviously provide for your child. And so once my son was born, completely, as every parent knows, it completely changes your outlook on life because now you understand every single decision you make will have an impact on your child, no matter what that decision is. And so for me, I, I again, I look at it as thank you to my higher power for that, you know, I don't say that as if it's an object, but for that message to come into my life right then and there. So I have been in recovery from alcohol for six years, right? My son is six years awesome. old. Awesome. <laughs> and so it's, awesome. Um, Congrats, man. I can't wait till he's older to really understand and I can look at him and tell him thank you. You know, I do yeah. now, but he doesn't really understand. But when he gets a little older, he's going to know. Wow. Love that. Love that. And so let's talk about redemption now for you, because redemption seems to be important to you. It's something that that you do. Um, outreach specialist for Wisconsin Voices of Recovery. What, what does that mean? What do you do? How, how are you helping other people to know like, hey, you know, this is what happened to me. It doesn't have to happen to you. How do you get that message out there? And, and what are you currently doing for that? Yeah, yeah. So I want to. Uh, so that was my former employee employee. OK, um, I am currently now and I should have shared this with you. I'm currently now living in Denver. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, I am in the Denver area. And so I, I live here um, in Denver, um, but it, it's very recent. It's very, very recent. I'm talking the mm -hmm. last seven weeks. Uh, okay. I, I've, I've been living here, but um, when I'm I out of touch, to man. Totally out of touch. This is what this is about, right? Yep. <laughs> we're, we're catching up. Uh, but dude, I visit, I'll be, in, I'll be in Wisconsin this weekend for the fourth time already in the okay. seven-week span that I've been living here. So I go back all the time. It's a quick flight. Um, but um, when I was with Wisconsin Voices for Recovery, yeah, wonderful, wonderful um, organization. Um, they are a grant maker, right? So what we did was we obviously went out, checked out local providers, and funded some of their projects, right? Obviously through the proposal, the RFP route, right? We would review proposals and sort of see which organization aligned with our mission, right? And then we provided them the funding uh, to help out and obviously stay with them, help them out to expand X, Y, and Z. But it was a wonderful opportunity to still stay into the recovery community there in Wisconsin, but to also show not only myself, my son, my parents, my family, et cetera, but to everybody else that who may be struggling in silence, that you will have setbacks in life, you will fall, you will stumble. That is part of this process of life that we are all still trying to figure out. It's part of the process, it's part of the journey, but you just have to learn. You have to learn. You have to own your own your mistakes, own your responsibilities, and figure out a way how you're gonna continuously give back. So that's what I focused on there at Wisconsin Voices for Recovery, not only sharing my own personal story, but listening to others share theirs and figuring out where to place them if they wanted to continue their treatment, right? This continuum care is what I love to love to call it, right? Is is because we're we're all continuously trying to learn, grow, and and figure out what it is we need to correct. Uh, and so that is really what I focused on. But right now, out here in Denver, 
I am the uh, clinical outreach ambassador for Sandstone Care Treatment Facility, um, which I thoroughly enjoy. And wow. it's uh, an opportunity for me to uh, almost the same thing. But what I really love, and this, this, this is not saying anything negative about Voices of Recovery, not one bit. Um, I moved out here for, for, for very personal reasons, um, um, and they understood that. But with Sandstone Care, I now get to go into clinical settings, sit down, listen, listen to uh, people who are looking to obviously better themselves, um, maybe help. They need some help slash treatment with uh, substance abuse uh, or even just, you know, anxiety, mental health disorders like anxiety, excuse me, depression, what have you. Right. We have mood disorders and we have substance abuse disorders. Right. And so I get to sit into those meetings, listen to folks talk and actually get them placed with local providers as well, just like voices. But I also get to go out to conferences, talk, get people connected uh -huh. to Sandstone Care. It's again. Still in the same Wu House as Voices, but it's an opportunity for me to expand, right? Um, I want to continuously share my story, of course. Um, and I don't say that as if I'm the victim, most definitely not. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm just someone who truly believes that, you know, the game of football was given to me, right? Um, this platform was handed to me to speak on something way greater than a sport, way greater than myself, that being things that we all are impacted by one way or another, right? Indirectly or directly. And so I, you know, I, I do not take this lightly. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. We, we actually talk about it on the show a lot. What makes a real man? Because it's in our, in our title. It's the Real Men Eat Plants podcast. And, you know, when, when, you know, everyone makes mistakes, but being able to be accountable for them and then doing something about it, getting better and then helping other people along the way, dude, that's real man stuff. And that is, that's awesome. Uh, that's, I, I just love hearing it, man. It's very inspirational uh, for me as well. And then I got to ask, I mean, now that you're out in Denver, uh, your boy, Russell Wilson's going to have to hook you up with some uh, tickets for Broncos games now. Right. I mean, isn't that how it works? <laughs> not, only, not only that, right. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm grateful that I, since I'm an alum, right. I, I get, um, I think they give, you know, alum like two tickets to every game, every home. Okay. Um, but if I do need some more, right, I can, I can hit them up and, or hit up Melvin Gordon as well. Uh, there you go. Yep. I got him a message this morning, actually. But, uh, yeah, outside of that, uh, I would love some, some what is this brand called? Uh, his, his and Russell's or his and Sierra's uh, clothing brand, Good Men brand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need some of those, need some of those clothes, too. But Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, you could rep them then on things like this, you know, you, you go ahead and pimp the clothing on, on podcasts and stuff. Let them know that you'll do that. You know, that's how it works. So I'm here in the Colorado area. Um, loving it. Uh, got some great friends out here. Some, some really, really great friends that, you know, who understand uh, what path I'm on um, now. And so that's just obviously it's, it's this community. And I say this because I wouldn't be where I'm at today without my family, my son, of course, uh, it's included in that. Uh, people like yourself, right, um, who've been rooting for me since since the downfall, right? Um, honestly, it, it's this community that I'm extremely grateful for. And I, and I really mean this, Rich. And I, I, I think yeah. yeah, man. Hey, thank you, Monty. I mean, the, the pleasure's been all mine. You know, before I let you go, I've been noticing on social media, you've been dropping some LBs lately, getting back into playing shape or whatever. I mean, whether it helps with the golf game or life in general. Um, on, on our website, if you ever want to go the plant-based route, 30-day challenge. You can go ahead and take it. It's absolutely free. Sign up for that. And if you ever do that and take the actual 30-day challenge of eating nothing but plants for a month, um, 
let me know. We'll, we'll, we'll have you back. We'll, we'll chart your progress. We'll do the whole thing. I will tell you this. I thought I was going to miss things like cheese and meat and yeah. chicken and all that kind of stuff. The cravings went away almost instantaneously from day one. And it shocked the hell out of me, but um, it's really worked wonders for me. So if you ever want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry, sorry to jump. I wanted to ask you about that before, before we, before we signed off. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I dropped 65 pounds from November 15th to about the last week of February. Um, Hell yeah. A lot quicker than, than, than usual. Uh, and I, I, I say that with humility, of course, uh, but I, I just got tired of, you know it. I just got yeah. tired of the way I was feeling. I was extremely exhausted when I woke up. I was struggling to fall asleep. And then it's the it's the insecurities, right? The insecurities start to really get to you too. And it's like, well, no one's going to change this for me. <laughs> like, T-shirts are getting too tight. Pants are yeah. getting too tight. You know, none of it's good. So Shopping for bigger sizes. And yep. so um, I, I, I wanted to do that because, you know, Physical health is mental health as well, too, right? Look, mm-hmm. you feel good, all the sayings, right? You do, you do mentally feel better if you're taking care of your physical health. That is a known, scientific, approved fact. So I wanted to ask you real quick before we hopped mm-hmm. off is, you know, how much better, you know, I think you touched on it a little bit, but like with this all plant diet, uh, I, I may, I may jump into that realm, but uh, like really how much better do you feel? Like, do you miss you said you don't really miss like meats and stuff like that, which I think it's easy to kind of get rid of meats. But for me, it's the cheese. Yeah. Well, because cheese kind of acts on your brain the same way that drugs do. Um, and so the, it's the same receptors that it ends up hitting, not at quite the level as like, you know, cocaine might or something like that, but right. it is addictive. It does form that bond. Cheese is tough, but my wife is so good. So what she does, she makes this cheese sauce that's basically made out of potatoes, carrots, and cashews, uh, and like some nutritional yeast. I mean, it tastes like cheese sauce. So we, like we put it on nachos, we make mac and cheese we do stuff like that it's indistinguishable from cheese and it's awesome you know so so that's how whenever i get those cheese cravings it's like yeah i need some mac and cheese she she'll go ahead and and bust out some of that actually just puts it all in a blender uh you know cooks up the potatoes puts everything in the blender comes out as cheese sauce pours it on she makes nachos that way i mean stuff like that it's good and and the thing that i love about it is like cheese used to give me like you know this feeling down in my gut you know and i get tied up in knots don't have any of that anymore and so yeah yeah it's it's great stuff i mean doing that has really changed my life you know for for the better is going plant-based and so that's why i'm trying to share it that's my that's my outreach that's my goal (laughs) i probably need to do it i'm I'm lactose intolerant so i shouldn't even there you go i have to take lactate pills uh and i drink almond milk of course so i'm i'm completely away from cow's milk already Good, good. No, we have we have a, like like lots of recipes we can give you. All kinds of good stuff. I can point you in the right direction. Hell, we just had uh, Juliana um, Hever on the other day. She is a celebrity dietitian. I, I could have her help you out. I mean, we got lots of resources, Monty. If you ever want to go that path, seriously, just just let me know, and and we can definitely get you on the road there. Hey, thank you so much for being here. Awesome job, man. Yeah, I'd love to have you back someday and uh, and keep track of your progress. So uh, keep on keeping on, man. Thanks, money. All right, time now to tell you about VegReg. Yeah, VegReg.com helps you find plant-based restaurants and businesses in just one 
click. And if you are a vegan-friendly business, they can help you get found. If you are searching for healthy, cruelty-free meal options in your local area, VegRedge is the perfect solution. Another great thing about VegRedge, they have recipes. And when I say recipes, I mean recipes. A Bacon Lover's BLT, Cookie Dough Protein Bites, Penne Arrabbiata, the entree, not the character from The Sopranos. And yeah, and even a vanilla bean cheesecake, and they are all plant-based. You can also find Spotlight Vegan Businesses and more when you click on over to VegReg.com. That's right, it's VegReg.com. She's a mom with vegetables. She's so delectable. The cows and pigs, she set them free. Can't you see? She's a hot chickpea. Veggie stew just for you. Sit on down, there's these or two. News time now, and always a good time when we bring in our colorful and wonderful host of the news, Miss Sarah Carlson. Hi, Sarah. Hello, everybody. Okay, so this one cracks me up. There is a sauce, and it was made popular on TikTok. Rich, you may be going back again to TikTok. It's called <laughs> <laughs> it's called pink sauce. Finally coming to I'm stores. Sure it's gonna be great. <laughs> uh, it, well, wait till pink you hear sauce. about this. It's going to be vegan. Okay. So I I immediately had to look this stuff up. And the pink sauce queen, the woman who came up with this, has 154 million views on TikTok and 180,000 followers. So this is the self, you know, self-made social media queen. Um, she's a big-time influencer. Her name is Veronica Shaw. She also goes by Chef P. That's P-I-I. And she created this bright pink sauce. I imagine you could Google it too, but go to TikTok if you can. It, it, it's in a jar, kind of small. It became viral. So Chef P initially tried to launch the sauce on her own. She was selling out of what she had on her website, $20 a bottle. Now, some what? of this, I think, yeah, but some of it, I think, is based on what she was posting, these videos. So ingredients, Thirst traps, quick, is that what it was? Uh, I will, I'll, I'll tell you what the ingredients right. were. This is simple. Water, sunflower seed oil, raw honey, distilled vinegar, garlic, dragon fruit, pink and Himalayan sea salt, and less than 2% of some spices, lemon juice, and milk. So, And milk. Um, she was getting into yeah. some trouble, though, huh. because this wasn't yeah. as official. It would be like me well, coming up with a great sauce and going online. I thought, ve- I thought so, honey wasn't vegan either, though. Yeah, honey's not vegan. Correct. And milk's well, wait, not you got to hear so this, yeah. though. Yeah, okay. The, the, right. best, the best part about it is she wasn't doing it officially. Commercial food production, oops. Um, labeling errors, food safety concerns. One social media follower even faked his own death and said it was the pink <laughs> sauce. <laughs> I have to laugh because that person's just fine. So, there's a famous the? gourmet chef, Dave's Gourmet, I think it's a company, um, that is bringing pink sauce to grocery stores and restaurants, making it vegan first. Apparently, she's thrilled. It tastes the same. It is currently vegetarian. They're going to make it 
vegan and she just made bank free. then because she probably sold the rights to it or something well yeah, yeah the company it says it's already like, getting yeah. requests from big name retailers restaurant chains and the chef gets to stay involved and especially in da, 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 the social media end of it she will be what selling the hell that stuff. do you put pink sauce on i saw one of the tiktok videos and it was uh wings I can make some wings. Brown okay. the wings in it. Like All of a sudden, wings. not <laughs> vegan. Yeah, I guess unless you do vegan. Yeah, I, I pink sauce. Just call it pink sauce. You got to look it up. You got to look it up. The queen of pink sauce. Yeah. You ever heard of Blue Magic? It's, no. It's what is Blue Magic? <laughs> Sorry, that's from a movie. Don't really. Have you seen American Gangster? <laughs> you know what? This is legit, though. I bet you're going to see Damn. pink sauce. They're talking about doing this quick. The social media buzz has made it popular. People are asking about it, and they heard that it will be manufactured officially. So It seems like too close to like pink slime. I, I, That's I don't know. I why I kind of had that reaction initially. Yeah, it I mean, pink cool, sauce, though. pink slime. I don't so. know. Does, that, I, I does, it, does it look it, pink or does it look like the oh, color of a hot pink. dog? Like bright, bright ass pink. pink. Uh-huh. Like neon yeah. pink. Yeah. Shocking pink. Shock pink. Like bright pink. Shocking pink. <laughs> All right. Whatever you want to call it, but it's bright pink. And I guess that means, but it's There's vegan no way. and healthy to color, some extent. Right. I don't know. We'll find out. All right. We'll have you taste okay. test it too. All right. My next story is Ariana Grande. She is a beautiful woman, vegan since 2013 launching a new vegan she can quote, come on the pod god is a woman beauty line apparently she already has a perfume named god is a woman that has taken off through the roof I bet. okay so, so wait wait a second was ariana yeah. grande the one that a few years back was like in a donut shop and there was a video of her and she was making fun of the customers for being an obese was it I her? don't think so. That or am I confusing right. her with, with somebody else like Selena Gomez? I, get I don't those think it was Ariana. Like kind of mixed up. I think it is. I'm going to I'm gonna task Eric Rogers out on this. Maybe he uh, can punch I'm it up. I'm kind of checking into this right now. Yeah. You, I don't you know. Google it and look while I continue to tell you what she's doing because it's kind of cool. Yeah, please. Yeah. Because it's just it's not just about her. She's going to have things like body scrub, oil, hand and body cream, Female products, you know, fun and all with that perfume, God is a woman um, scent. But what I found out in this article as well is the vegan beauty market is growing unbelievably, valued at $12.7 billion in 2020. It's expected to grow to $24.8 billion by 2028, doubling in less than 10 years. So lots of wow. celebrities are jumping on that one. But the vegan beauty market. Um, but by the way, I don't know what Ariana Grande did in a donut shop or not. She oh, also yeah, she, owns she a, did lick. She did lick donuts. Yeah, that was her. She licked well, donuts. Licking donuts she was, is different than making fun of somebody. Huh. What'd she do? She I, hold on. I thought she it was some kind of rant. Donuts. That's what, so. I thought it was because of the donuts and I. What the heck? So there was a. She did the donut licking, and then there was an ice cream licking incident with someone else who was not her. Right. I well, what's like some kind of rant about how Americans are so fat and what a stupid okay. country this is and blah, blah, blah. And I, uh, I think she it's made either... the headlines for licking donuts and for saying that she hates America and Americans. Ta-da! I got she it. Did, I yep, she, apologized. I... she did. Yep. She apologized for that. Yep. That's Ariana apologize. Grande. Yeah, right, right there. However, I, 
I, I, I do think she does have this right. I do think God is a woman. We have talked about women's ability to multitask. I'm thinking that if you're God, you have a lot of multitasking to do. That would not be a male thing. So no. I am going to also guess that God is indeed a woman. Um, and maybe that's why God is so vengeful as well. As- <laughs> uh, hey, 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 boys. All right, I had to, I had to throw something in there, Sarah. <laughs> I'm changing the subject because I, you don't want to get yep. me started. <laughs> actually, I I'm, actually I'm trying to say, go just, Sarah. Yeah, I'm, I'm no, trying to get you into it. Lately, though, you know, um, it's that time of year where there's a fly in the house, right? It comes in back or front door. Mm-hmm. And if it lasts Absolutely. longer than usual, I always say, someone will say, oh, get him, get him. And I say, no, 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 let's get her. She lasted this long. She's tougher. It's a female. Just <laughs> But the good part of the story, I will say this, we have, yeah. I was just going to say the good part Go of the ahead. story is that this vegan beauty market thing is so big and popular with a very young That's crowd. Good. So, yeah, that that I, mean, I like in perfume and all the beauty products are expensive as it is. So you might as well have something that's yep. better for environment and animals and all that. And, and people do make mistakes. And Ariana Grande was very young when she went on her rant and all of that. And so I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to hold that against her. I'm just, that's how I kind of found out who Ariana Grande was in the first place. I had no idea who it was before <laughs> that happened. And that was, that was when I found out. I mean, it's easy it to overlook that when you like Google her name and then you're like, oh, like, let's just look at some pictures here. And then, oh yeah, yeah. I was looking up what her like issue was. So, yeah. yep. By the way, if you do have flies or fruit flies in the house, we have found a way to get rid of them. Fruit flies, by the way, I think are the worst. So no, not the salt gun, which sounds like a lot of fun to like blow insects (laughs) out of the sky. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm not vegan. I'm, I'm very plant-based. So I I wouldn't mind shooting uh, wasps or flies with salt, uh, with the uh, salt gun, but no. Um, so you take like a bowl and just put apple cider vinegar in there and some laundry detergent and mix it up. And they will dive bomb it. Fruit flies and flies, for some reason, are attracted to it. They go in to the, I guess they're trying to get the apple cider vinegar that they like. And then all of a sudden they drink the um, detergent <laughs> and they die. They, they die like instantly. And I'm I'm not against that They at tried all. the Tide Pod yeah. challenge and yeah. didn't, didn't live. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to have listeners who are mad at you. It's okay. Listen, if the flies (laughs) and the fruit flies want to stay outside, I'm not going outside to kill them. But once they come into my house, it's a problem, you know? So we're. That's your territory, man. Um, Also, I should tell you that she also owns an animal rescue center in LA. So she's trying to make up for the bad things she's done. All right. Very cool. We love a good redemption story, story, obviously. Right. My final story of the day, this headline had me at hello and I happen to be starving right now. So how how vegan cheese made with precision fermentation will change pizza forever. So there's a new company out there making vegan cheese completely differently. It's a precision fermentation company called New Culture. They just signed a deal with an agriculture giant uh, called ADM to bring its revolutionary animal-free mozzarella cheese to pizzerias in the U.S. within the next year. So no I kidding. have tried some vegan cheese. I try to like it. It's okay. This Most is of be it different- sucks. Haven't this, we? We I I think we yeah. have discussed this. Most of it is terrible. Like it'll be really slimy or stick to the roof of your mouth, or it's it's right. not very good. Now there but are a couple brands stuff. like. 
yeah, Vile Life is is pretty darn good, and Daya is pretty good, but they're not yeah. perfect. Cheese is something that has not yet been really perfected by by vegans. However, I love this idea because it sounds like they're on the right track, and it's really the thing we, we've talked about it. Cheese literally has the same effect on your body that drugs do. We we had it. It, was, it wasn't it one of your news stories from uh, a yeah. few days ago, and and it does like the receptors in your brain and the the I, I forget what the hell is it. Isn't that why that's South Park episode where they were cheesing with the cats. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> it's fun to do. That's why they call it cheesing. Oh, creme uh, <laughs> Creme fresh. By the way, we have not brought up South Park on this on this program yet. Creme Creme fresh might be a, a top five South Park episode of all time. Dude. I think that might be one, one of the greatest ones ever made with with, with the shake weight and all of that. Um, but yeah, vegan cheese, it, it really, it does need to get better. And I'm really glad to hear this story because I, I'm going to try out next week. Papa Murphy's now has vegan cheese that you can get on their oh, pizzas. Really? And it's, it's Violife that they use, which is really good. So now if you get the hand tossed, uh, crust and then you get the, the red sauce on it and you use the Violife cheese and all the veggies. It's vegan, or at least it's plant based. And An so, excuse to Ooh, eat I pizza. Let's that. go. Yeah, I like it. So I had, Papa I had Murphy's. This I, I did before. say the other day that uh, cheese was the hardest part of uh, giving potentially giving it up. Is. And that's why I'm stuck yeah. on. That's why I said it. So. This one had me at hello because if you can fix the pizza, I might be fine. I have to mention though, before I finish this story, the final story here, this new culture has been focusing on creating the perfect alternative to cheese by developing an animal-free version of casein. This is the functional yep, casein, protein, yeah, yep. casein, the functional protein responsible for many of the favorable attributes of dairy cheese. So they're taking it in a completely different direction. Yum. Yep. Please. Casein is one of those things. So casein, you don't. Yes. Yeah. You don't want it in your body, though. You, well, I thought you, casein, casein protein was pushed for a long time and, and still kind of is as so like when you get done working out, you want to have a, a fast acting protein, which is your whey protein typically, because then it's like you have that 30 to an hour, 30 minute, 60 minute window to get that after your workout. And then you have that, like at nighttime, you want to have a long acting protein that'll last you through the night. And that's the, the casein protein. So now you're saying that is not something well, you because want in your body. Casein is, is very inflammatory. And so what, what happens with, with casein too, um, is not only does your body become inflamed, but then it also does affect your bones because what happens is that it takes calcium out of your bones to stop the inflammation that's coming from the How casein. How did it even become a thing then? Like that's so, like so the well, here's the thing. You're, what you're, you want. You're, you're right about wanting those proteins, but the thing is proteins are made of what? Pro building blocks, amino acids. Protein, yeah, amino acids. You got it. Proteins <laughs> right. are made Whew, from, from amino Hot acids. Quiz. That a boy, Eric. You know, and I, I do think that they teach this in high school science. It's, it's amino acids. As long as you get the essential amino acids that are necessary, when you consume them, they will form proteins. They will bond together to form the proteins that you need. All of those amino acids are found in fruits and vegetables and legumes and nuts and seeds and stuff like that. So what you're looking for then is you want that right combination. If you're looking for two different types of proteins, what you're going to have to do is find out the amino acids that build it and then substitute that with plants. Well, they now, do list those right on the, the bottle typically. Right. Now, 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 the thing is, if you don't want to go out and do that, they do have plenty of stuff that you can get that's already pre-made for you that's, that's plant-based supplement 
supplements to to do it that way as far as plant-based protein and, I thought that, that uh, whey recovery. protein I'm getting which is not whey protein it's just uh plant protein is pretty darn good yep. it's it's thick, pretty darn it's good, good. Yeah, it is. It's pretty darn good. So, all right. I think that'll do it. Great job by everybody. Today's show, I'm pretty darn proud of. Stamp yeah. of approval smooth. Uh, on that well done, one. Boys. Uh, yeah, excellent. And again, find us at realmeneatplants.com. Click on that support button, like and subscribe the podcast. Find our YouTube channel as well. We are becoming ubiquitous as a That means podcast. everywhere. That's everywhere. Yeah, another 25-cent word that I had to throw in there. Uh, for Sarah Carlson and Eric Rogers, I am Rich Reynolds. See ya.